The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hmm? Ah! Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the revival, Dexter, New Blood. This week we're covering episode three, Smoke Signals. Yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm so happy with this week's episode. Oh, yes. Very, lots of good stuff. Lots of good stuff. A lot, lot of um, progression in the story. Found some things out. Uh, more questions were raised, but mm. I think a lot of fun. All around. Definitely. What do you think? Oh, yeah, for sure. I've got so many things I'm excited to talk about. And then I've got like, man, my like extra notes at the end. We'll see. Because I throw a lot of them in as we go. I usually can find a way to. But I have a lot of them. So we'll see yeah. where all we go. The journey we get to take this week talking yeah. about this episode. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a journey. I agree. I have mm-hmm. I have some extras, too. We'll, we'll see if they get incorporated depending on what your points are. Yeah. Uh, or if they're or if they're extra. But and I probably could have more. I feel like I could probably have like five more pages easy uh, mm-hmm. of just talking points um, about this episode because uh, so many great things to talk about. I'm yeah. really, really digging uh, the show. Uh, yes. And I was thinking, uh, you know, this week's episode was really great. And last week's episode, you know, maybe wasn't the strongest that we've seen so far, just out of the three, but I didn't hate it. And I didn't have, no, I, still, I mean, yeah, still a great episode. Week. We still had a great yeah. time with it, right? But mm-hmm. I know uh, a couple of people, um, you know, maybe weren't as thrilled with it, maybe as what we were. And I think we even had, I heard someone say that it was, they thought it was a little boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, that same you know person, who you are. <laughs> they know who they are. That same person. Because uh, here's here's the thing. You know, we we often and I love hearing these things. We often hear. You know, I wasn't so sure about the show this week. You know, I wasn't. You know, I wasn't really digging it that much. But you know, I listened to you guys' podcast on it, and you changed my mind. Like I liked it even more, and and you know, it helped me appreciate mm-hmm. it more. And I love hearing that. It's always great. Um, well, here's a twist. So the person that said that it, they thought that episode was a little bit boring. Um, well, then they listened to our podcast, and it made him like it even less <laughs> What? <laughs> because i guess, I guess because uh, we pointed out a couple of things that were like um like really that that seemed kind of silly like dexter covering his tracks yeah, the, the yeah. blood trail in his atv uh, and it was like oh well then that made me kind of like it even less and i'm like oh, oh shit no. we just totally we failed that week um, sorry dexter <laughs> yeah like well shit uh yes. so anyway hope hopefully this week's episode treats you a little better jason i hope hope so let us know yeah let us know i didn't get any feedback from him this week about this one so i don't know i know i was pleased i'm i'm really stoked to talk about it um i th- i think some great callbacks some great easter eggs um and i think just fun just some 
fun little things that I'm sure we're going to talk about. So without further ado, let's go ahead and start talking about it because I know we've got a lot of notes, a lot to cover. Um, What is your number five? All right. My number five, I was trying to think like what to call him or, you know, refer to this as. I just have it. The creep. Ah, no. uh, But uh, (laughs) which one? No. (laughs) Right. um, But yeah, this, I mean, is definitely Kurt Caldwell, right? Are they just trying to like with ski masks and stuff, try to hide the fact that it is. Cause uh, I'm not buying it. If they're trying to take us off that scent, those are Clancy yeah. Brown eyes. I'm, yeah. s- I'm, I'm with that, so that close up, that yeah. close up <laughs> of the, the mask and those eyes, I go, Hmm. Okay. <laughs> so they're not trying to hide it anymore. Right. And I know I had some arguments last week yeah. about like, eh, I'm not quite buying, buying it, uh, you know, because I feel like it could be a red herring and it's too obvious. But at the same time, there was an argument for it. So I kind of saw both ways. I wasn't sure where to lean. I think I think I, I know which way to lean this yeah, week. Yeah, because we, we talked about, like, the Edward Olsen possibility mm-hmm. and stuff. But then we see more of him this episode. It's a bigger guy. It's not Edward Olsen. I mean, like. <laughs> Cl- Clancy Brown and those big beefy hands and that rifle. I mean, I don't know. Right. Pretty obvious. And those just, eyes. Yeah. I just, I I, I really do think it, it has to be, which then makes me wonder about like kind of the very end of the episode. Cause I'm like, what is up? So many questions with that whole him being so happy that Matt's alive. And I talked to him on FaceTime and it's like, what is that? Which maybe that's a further point okay. to talk about later. So I don't know. I well, won't, won't get onto that too much. But but it does make me wonder. Is like okay, like is he somehow deciding? Well, my, if it is him, is he somehow deciding? Oh, my my son's alive, and we don't need to get into anybody's business, even mine anymore, because now he's trying to get rid of himself after what he did here i don't like do you want well it's it's not one of my talking points but it is a note like i said i have Mm -hmm. notes and even like extra stuff that in case our points run together a little bit but um yeah you want to know what i think yeah absolutely so so i'm i'm with you i feel and i I still could be wrong if if there's another guy that looks similar to clancy brown that we just (laughs) haven't seen yet and similar build then hey i guess it's possible but i feel like at this point i'm feeling pretty Fairly confident, I'll just say fairly confident. Okay, so a couple of reasons that I, I am leaning towards this now is the way that they kind of edited the episode uh, after Kurt gets that call from Angela mm-hmm. that it was uh, – they were positive that that was Matt's blood, right, based yeah. on that DNA match. And he's pretty upset about that. Uh, and then it cuts to – that killer this i'm just gonna assume he's like a serial killer he's done this multiple times i'm guessing you know with the ski mask and he's watching the girl and this whole um, scene plays out the way that it's cut from that to then we get that leads me to believe that it's him Mm -hmm. uh i feel like the reason he lied there at the end with dexter uh is because he found out that they were going to search that area far out where he hunts the girls that they're Mm -hmm. going to find his cabin. They're going to find his hideout and the caves. When Angela mentioned the caves, he goes, the caves, you think he's that far out? And that is then Mm. when he chose to then lie and say that he saw, or he heard from Matt and I just heard from him, but FaceTimed him because he doesn't want them to search the caves. I'm 
curious. He's got something hidden there. I like that that theory. I like that idea. I think a he's. Lot. I think he might be dumping the bodies when Dexter got there to the caves. He's like, this looks like a perfect place to dump bodies. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. Kurt's going, uh, this seat's taken, my friend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> find some something else. Uh, right. And and we saw the caves, and I think we're going to see him again. You don't you don't throw in a CGI bear and go to these <laughs> caves without them coming up again. Right. So I think I think there's a good possibility that that's what's happening. However, I am confused as to why he goes to the trouble of embalming them, like he's right. preserving them. So if he's just dumping their bodies down because that was a big ass deep hole, right? If mm-hmm. he's just dumping them there, why would he need to embalm them? Is it just like his ritual, if you will. You know, Dexter yeah. talks a lot about rituals uh, in, in this episode, and we know Dexter has his own. Is it part of his ritual, or is there some other reason that he's doing it? So that part kind of confuses me. Like, do, or, you know, or is he keeping part of them as like a trophy? Ugh, I don't want to think about mm. like a basement full of like trophy dead embalmed bodies or whatever. Right. <laughs> sounds, yeah. sounds terrible. Um, but then why would he go to the trouble if he's just going to dump them uh, down the cave? <clears throat> Uh, yeah. hole. So, and Dexter picks up on that, you know, because he, he knows Matt's dead, right? I mean, he, yeah. I he, love that little line. He's like, you know, <laughs> can, uh, I have it written down. What's the exact, uh, where he says, you know, my Maddie's alive. Can you believe it? And then we get the inner monologue voice of him going, actually, no. <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah, Dexter knows Matt is dead. Of course, he can't say that. Uh, but mm-hmm. he he's – the look that he gives Kurt, like, why is he lying? Yeah. So I feel like that's for the cops to get off of Kurt's, like, trail or discovering mm-hmm. who he really is. He's willing to abandon – caring what happened to his son to preserve to himself, himself if that's the case to preserve himself i think yeah. so and dexter picked up on that he's like why is he lying so then that gets dexter's brain going i think dexter's going to start investigating him for himself you know like he used to do back yeah. in the day uh, he's going to start following him start investigating him start looking into kurt a little bit uh more and he's going to end up finding out what who and what he's doing um so that's that's what i think interesting I'm excited to see where that goes, but yeah. But on on the point of him, I mean, I I just I feel like it has to be him. But uh, with some of the scenes yeah. with him, I did enjoy um, his taste in music. I really uh, vibe mm. with, even though I was like, okay, great, you're trying to ruin one of my favorite songs of all time with this creepy ass scene. It's like I love "Runaway" by Del Shannon so much, and I wah 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 wonder why they would do this to me, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, uh, you know, I, I'm disturbed by this guy, like letting the girl go while he's suiting up and putting on the ski oh mask God. and then she's off running and he takes aim, shoots her down. And the whole time I'm like happily singing along with this timeless classic bop. Uh, well, and then there's <laughs> Dexter running around in the, in the woods with Matt's right. vest so he yeah. can like plant the, the, his scent all over the place. And he's like, Oh want to be a uh, prey out in these woods hunters get up early and then just goes on kind of dancing around yeah. in the woods to the beat of the so, song i love that song so, <laughs> so i will admit the song is very cleverly used you know the my yeah, little runaway as she's emerging from like the cellar perfectly timed. and then that little synthy part take like hits as soon as she starts taking off across i feel and then it matches with dexter running around too 
it's but yeah like the whole time like some really messed up stuff is going on i'm sitting there just singing along i'm walking in the rain because i love that song so much yeah i like the song and 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 it's okay it's okay we're a little dark and twisty here we're allowed to find some some like amusement or enjoyment out of the timing of of you know this song and when she pops out of like the cellar like room and right. she's running across the white snow and he's literally hunting her down um mm-hmm. to the 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 bop of a a fun song um yeah yeah he, he loves his golden oldies though some of he the does. really good ones that even i deeply love like you said while he's doing this like embalming preserving thing it's like what the fuck mm-hmm. but He's jamming some Everly Brothers with that one. Uh, <laughs> that is all I have to do is dream. Dream. Dream, yeah. dream, dream. Most people don't playlist. think I love some of the, like some of that old stuff. But man, those songs are great. I love some They're of that stuff. Great. I got I that like from my grandparents oldies. for sure. But like. Yeah, totally. Going on road trips with them and just jamming those like 50s and 60s XM stations and stuff. And man. Yeah. I got an appreciation for a lot of that music. That I still listen to a lot today. It's on my playlist that I listen to today regularly still. Good on you. I, yeah. I'm, I've always been proud, Pig, that you've had a nice, well-rounded, <laughs> eclectic musical taste. Mm-hmm. Makes me proud. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, I'm just kind of going with, like, it, it has to be Kurt. Like, I think they're still maybe trying to lead us into thinking there's this possibility with Olsen, but physically I just don't see it. But they still have Olsen in this episode a little bit just to kind of show, like, he's creepy too, he's remember? He's creepy too. Like... You know, he's, his interac- interaction with Audrey is real icky is the only word I could think of it. Like, I like, want to wait in my car. It's it's warm and I have TV. I was waiting for him to be like, and there's an Xbox and candy, too. Um, yeah, no kidding. Stranger <laughs> and then danger, just man. Dropping her name at the end, knowing that it's going to like creep her out, probably. He's just like, well, see you later, Audrey. It's like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do. And I felt like that, too, with Kurt, too. Kurt and, and Olsen. And I thought, man who you know it could be almost anyone uh in a mm-hmm. way and you know i just felt like they were kind of like red herrings i mean at, at this point i wouldn't be surprised if it ended up being like you know uh freddie jr right i was just <laughs> <You know? laughs> i've seen some people online me like how messed up would it be if it was fred jr <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah after after this episode like i said i was kind of on the fence and wasn't quite sure and i thought no i'm not falling for it you know but at the same time um, did see the argument for it this week. I think I'm I'm definitely leaning. I don't know if I'm 100% there, but I'm definitely based on what I'm seeing. And then his lie at the end, I, I'm, I'm saying it's Kurt Caldwell. Dude's got a, got a dark past, and he's been at it for a while, I think. Cool. Good number five. Good, good start. Uh, my number five, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the link between season one and this episode. All right. um, so, uh, and again, you know, I, I I forget to say this every time when we say the po- when we start the podcast. You did a good job of it uh, the last time, Pake. But just as a reminder, we are going to talk about like the entire series of Dexter. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to cover or talk about, sorry, all um, you know the episodes and, and how it relates to um, you know this this revival. So. I keep meaning to say that in the beginning. So anyway, since I was going to talk about season one, wanted to kind of mention that in case you haven't watched. Um, mm-hmm. So season one, we had the ice truck killer, right? Yeah. Uh, ice truck killer uh, drained his victim's blood after he killed them. Yeah. Uh, in this revival, we're three episodes in and Dexter, the, the police, 
they they don't know yet that there's an active serial serial killer. We're we're kind of starting to get that, but they don't know that yet. Um, again, speculation. Is it Kirk Caldwell, Edward Olson? I know where we're leaning. Um, mm. But what we have been provided is this mo for the killer, and that is their uh, blood draining ritual. So that kind of relates a little bit to the season one killer of the ice truck killer where their processes are pretty similar. They both mm-hmm. use these at home surgical tools to drain the blood. Did you notice he's got that nice tray of medical yeah. instruments? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then he's draining the blood and he was, he was collecting it in a bucket. Yeah. Uh, and the, the use of the surgical tools suggests uh, he has maybe a tie. Maybe I'm just, Again, um, speculating here that he has a tie to the medical field in his own profession, which was one point that it doesn't quite fit that it would be Kurt Caldwell because he yeah. runs a trucking company or trucking business in a truck stop company. So he's yeah. not in the medical field. However, uh, I thought, well, maybe he had a family member that was. He's got access to this like embalming table. And looks like he knows a little bit about it. So maybe his family was in the funeral home business. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah. I'm I'm not saying it has to be specifically medical field. I'm throwing that out there too, um, just because I'm going towards my argument for to be Kurt. But also, it being the tie to the ice truck killer who collected the blood in a um, a bucket. Because when you embalm, when they embalm people and they drain the blood. It just goes down a drain like it runs Mm -hmm. off the table and it just goes into a drain into like a sewage system um, for the blood. They don't collect it in a bucket. Um, So see, so the bucket, him doing that suggests that he's saving it for something. (laughs) The ice truck killer did that. And we all remember the ice truck killer. It was very personal to Dexter, right? Because the ice truck killer ended up being his biological brother brian moser and in season one the ice truck killer saved all the blood from his victims i think there was like five victims i believe if memory serves me right uh that he then used to create that crime scene in that hotel room which is then what kind of triggered dexter's memories about uh his mother's murder where you know where it all kind of started for him uh things like that so is this guy kind of doing the same thing. I don't know. Uh, but it's kind of interesting how there's those ties uh, between yeah. this killer and, and the ice truck killer from season one. Um, but then we have the difference where they are being embalmed, I guess, maybe as trophies. I don't know. Um, he also has a fixation. Did you notice how when he during that whole embalming scene, there's kind of a fixation with that pink pajama suit mm-hmm. uh, next to the body? It looked very folded up, pristine. They focused on it. Is there a thing about these pink pajamas? Is he saving it for the next girl that's going to be abducted and killed? I don't know. Um, That could almost tie back to Trinity. Trinity had a thing about making the little boys that he kidnapped and killed uh, dress in pajamas. Yeah. He would, you know, make them change into the pajamas. Um, So I don't know. Um, But if those pink pajamas do become a thing, if that is really a thing for this killer, that would be something for, I think, Dexter and the police to kind of make a connection um, to, possibly, those pink pajamas mm-hmm. to the serial killer and to his past. And I don't know. I think 
I think there's there's a tie there. But I just I thought that was interesting uh, when I noticed that he was draining the blood and the whole bucket and um, reminded me a lot of the ice truck killer and his his um, methodology whenever he would drain his victims um, and save the blood as well. I am curious yeah. to see uh, if we see more of that and what he does. Yeah. So those are good catches. I like that. Oh, season one. So good. Um, Okay. What is your number four? All right. My number four, I just wanted to talk about, I don't know how big of a character this is going to be moving forward, but even if it's just a one-off character, I loved the character of Damien Church. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to talk about him. He reminds Uh, me a little bit of Masuka. A little bit. Yeah. (laughs) He's got some Vince vibes. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I loved all of the, the moments with him because, yeah, he's the CSI who came from Albany. And, you know, Dexter sees him arrive and he's very awkward and clumsy and seems to be just really inept at his job mm-hmm. at first look. Like, Dexter's literally smiling while watching him unload his stuff from the car. Yeah. Like, he's feeling pretty good about himself. I love that whole, you know, like, uh, uh, what, Corpus in. Victim, something incriminating, the, uh, the body of evidence. Yep. But then where he's like explaining it and he just like throws his camera on the ground and you hear it like crack and he's like, damn it. Like, uh, <laughs> it's like, man, Dexter's like, it's kind of one of those moments like last week with Teddy with the drone. He's like, I might get away with this after all. Yep. That's uh, <laughs> exactly what he needs is a completely incompetent uh, CSI investigator. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, Dex decides to tag along with Damien to watch quote unquote um he you know says he's a big fan of the csi shows which is really funny uh of course you know he's just wanting to be there to see what damien finds and maybe of even skew things manipulate the situation opportunity arises yeah. yeah uh but you know just see like okay what am i dealing with and then you get to damien working on the crime scene and then things shift dexter dexter is impressed and scared. Uh, mm-hmm. This guy is very eccentric, clumsy, but he's talented. I like that blood is the body's truth. Truth. Yeah. And he's just like, shit, this, uh, he's like, Uh-oh. this guy. He's good. Because I love, you know, Angela B. So Damien, what, what happened here? And come on, Damien, fail me now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like that line. But, yeah. And yeah, Angela asks him his take on the events. And then he spells it all like to a T. Almost exactly like, Which I had a little bit of a problem with, but go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, Dexter might have somebody to really worry about here in Mr. Church. I wonder if he's, you know, Damien's going to come back and be a thorn in Dexter's side. I really like Damien a lot, even if I like he's him too. working at taking Dexter down. I, I do like him. But, like, even him noticing, like, that there was a rock that Matt's head would have hit, and then somebody had removed it from the scene, and all these little things, Dexter's just watching and going, like, shit, 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 shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely was not in Dexter's favor. I liked all of that except for that part. I thought that was mm-hmm. a little too good. Like, yeah, he. I don't know. I look. I, I, and I am definitely not an expert. So everything that I know is just from years and years and years and years. Of like, yeah. you know, we've seen Dexter do similar things, scene. but a lot of it's like blood splatter where you have like direction, but here it's like, there's a pool of I blood mean, on the ground and now you're deciding what directions people are coming from. And I was going to say to be able yeah. to, to say which direction Matt came and which direction Dexter. I mean, came he has the camera footage 
don't, that's the only maybe, reason I would think that maybe in those directions. If, that's true. Maybe if they have, you know, okay, so he came from this way. But I'm going to say, you know, there, there's the, the crime scene has already been uh, contaminated, I think, to an extent because there's footprints yeah. everywhere. So it's not like you can look at the footprints coming from like this way and that way and being able to make that determination. So maybe it is, you know, the, the camera angles. I don't know that he knew that yet. I mean, it looks like he just arrived on the scene and mm-hmm. just starts all of a sudden this mapping out exactly what happened so it seemed a little too on the nose just a little bit for him to be able to say that based on where the blood was exactly but i'm willing to overlook it a little bit because the guy did Mm -hmm. you know kind of seem to know his stuff but i enjoyed all of that too because dexter's like oh is this the crime scene guy and he he pulls up and he's kind of just like sitting back taking measure because you know dexter you know was like the best blood splatter guy and so great Mm -hmm. at not just the blood but could put together a crime scene and also because he's a freaking serial killer he (laughs) knows and understands a crime scene because he creates crime scenes himself and he he can put himself in the mind of a killer because he is a killer uh so you know that's what made him so great at what his job was right um so it's 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 fun to sit back and go, hmm, you know, let me measure this guy up and see see how good he is. And as you said, he kind of fumbles as he's getting out. He's dropping things, fumbling his cases around. And Dexter's like, okay, I'm getting away with this one. And yep. then when he walks up to him and he's like, hey, let me give you a hand. And he kind of looks at him and he's like, hey, do you mind if I tag along? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of those CSI shows. And what I love about that, if you catch it, if you if you catch it, I almost missed it, but I got on the second watch. Um, mm-hmm. Dexter in that moment kind of looks at us when he says that because his eyes are kind of uh-huh. darting around and he, he's like, you know, I'm a fan of those CSI shows. And he kind of quickly glances at the camera and then glances oh, away. Nice. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're playing with us. It's a little mm-hmm. nod, I think, to us. Um, that's how I mm-hmm. took it. I could be making that up in my head but i saw the eyeballs i saw the eyeballs watch for it but anyway i love that because uh dexter was great at crime scenes and i think he totally misses it right didn't you get the feeling Mm -hmm. that he misses uh working a crime scene and and you know being there doing that analysis even you know um even if it didn't have anything to do with him or whatever he just always enjoyed you know doing that because he was so good at it yeah Um, yeah, I like that. I hope hope we see more of Damien because he was uh, some funny comic relief. And he did remind me of uh, Masuka, where he was weird and quirky and inappropriate, highly yeah. inappropriate always. Yeah, so but Damien's he was good. The, like, non-pervert version of Masuka. <laughs> yeah, so far. I haven't so met. Far, yeah. yeah, we, we haven't <laughs> seen seen the whole picture yet. But uh, but yeah, but he was good. Masuka was good yep. at what he did. Yeah. I love that. That's so good. Oh, gosh. Uh, my number four. I want to talk a little bit about, um, I think I've got more to say, I think, about Harrison. I've got lots of different points about Harrison and different notes about mm-hmm. Harrison. But I want to talk specifically about Hannah's influence on Harrison. Okay. Uh, I've been thinking about him a lot and, and the the pieces that we're getting about Harrison and his background. Uh, and what happened uh, with him and Hannah as he was or she was raising him, his time through foster care, finding Dexter and talked and speculated a little bit like, is does Harrison have a dark past? Mm-hmm. You know, we speculate like, like, could he even be a killer? Could he have killed? Um, which is a little disturbing. I mean, he's a freaking teenager. 
Uh, yeah. So it's it's weird to go there, but I feel like it's appropriate. He is Dexter's son. Um, so, and we talked about like, you know, I, I, I know I saw uh, some darkness from Harrison when he was little. And Dexter talked about like, is there a darkness in, in Harrison? He would see these things that Harrison would do and be like, is he going to be like me? Did I pass that on to him? Um, and that could be just Dexter's paranoia coming mm-hmm. out because he knows what's in him and he's concerned that he might have passed it on. So maybe he's just uh, a little paranoid about it. And when really it's just regular childlike behavior, um, but yeah. that's his perspective. Um, but Hannah raised Harrison, you know, during his formative years, years that he actually remembers, you know, um, Dexter only parented him when he was a baby and a toddler. Harrison yeah. Harrison's memories of Dexter are are fairly uh, fuzzy. And Mm -hmm. Hannah was not an innocent civilian parent. She was a freaking serial killer, right? As much as what Dexter was in her own right. Uh, And we know that 10 years have passed since the Dexter finale. And that means that Harrison lived with her, I think, about seven years or so before she died. So that would make Harrison around uh, between the ages of four and 12. Um. That's, you know, that would mean that she would be a very strong influence on him during his adolescence. Whatever values or boundaries that he has instilled in him would be from her. Uh, And we know, and I feel, this is my opinion, there could be some that disagree. uh, The biggest reason Dexter left Harrison was to, uh, because violence follows Dexter, right? And so he thought that leaving Harrison would protect him from that. Uh, So how tragic would it be for Dexter to find out that leaving him didn't save his son? That, Mm -hmm. you know, the thing that affected Dexter so much in his life um, and what affected him, like his path, was having a powerful father figure in his life. He had Harry. And Harry was yeah. great, right? Um, and and that's what helped keep Dexter on a certain path. So, what if by leaving Harrison, if Dexter may have inadvertently pushed Harrison further down a path of darkness? Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know, and I don't know. I I, I know I feel like that's you know there's argument for for that too. It could go either way. There could be a you know some darkness to Harrison. Um, you you can you can make an argument for that, but I can also see a different side as well. I think they've he's, done a really good job at they've done writing that line where like it's mm-hmm. they're they're hiding it where they make you wonder about Harrison mm-hmm. by you know showing these little like glimpses of what could be there, but also showing him being very different from his father and yeah. having these like social you know, understandings and being, you know, going out of his way to do the right thing and be a a caring, loving person. And like, so they're doing really good at like making you question without really giving you any answers. And we have to, we're, mm-hmm. we're always questioning, well, what is Harrison? Like, is he this or is he that? They, I think they're doing a great job with it for sure. I think so too. I think, so. I think, I think Harrison is very well written mm-hmm. and I like not knowing like, oh, is he like his father? You know, is he, 
Is he as dark as his father? Is he? Could he be a killer like his father? Is he already a killer like his father? Um, or is he completely different? Like, is he Dexter's son or is he Rita's son? Right. Eek! You know? Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, I love that. I, and I, I feel like it could go either way. They're doing a really great job. But, you know, we there's a lot of similarities there, too. Harrison's a genius, like yeah. his dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we know he's got that. Um, I think that when he stood up for Ethan... The way that he did, uh, I can I can see that for a couple of different ways. The reason he did what he did with Ethan, I could see it as something Dexter would do. Like he stood up for Ethan, and yeah. what exactly what he said, guys like Zach shouldn't be at the top of the food chain. I th- I, I I think that's probably true, and I feel like that is something that Dexter would do. But I also question: Is it because that um, Harrison wants to put himself? at the top of the food chain. That was his way of establishing his dominance and putting himself mm-hmm. at the top of the food yeah. chain there. At like, the is school. it him just doing a good act and a good deed to be helpful and loving and kind to somebody? Or is it just Ethan aside, just this like, yeah, no nonsense for shitty people. And he's mm-hmm. going to step on them and, and, you know, yeah, <laughs> take like he's, people down a notch that need it. And then, yeah. So. He's still helping He's still helping Ethan to a degree, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he's getting a benefit from it as yeah. well. So I wonder if he's doing it for that reason, too. I don't know. So I don't know. But it is interesting to see a lot of those similarities uh, between him and, his, him and his dad. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Just thought that was kind of interesting. I kind of thought about that. I have so many questions about Harrison. Uh, there's so little that we know. and But, I mean, there's no arguing that he's probably had a pretty – pretty tough life i mean dexter did abandon him uh which he thought he was dead uh so there's that but we don't know what his life was like with hannah we don't know what that was like but it sounds like it was pretty rough at least after um Mm -hmm. she died i'm putting that in quotes because i'm still not 100 percent convinced that she just died or that she died of cancer i don't know um i I just i don't believe anything i guess anymore i just (laughs) i'm questioning everything i'm not taking anything at face value anymore um but, you know, it sounds like he had a pretty rough life. And then he was on his own for a really long time. We don't know what it was like for him um, during those years um, when he got back from, you know, to Miami and then uh, was tossed around foster homes and then looking for Dexter. We don't know what his life was like and what he has been through or what he's experienced. So it could be a lot of that that has kind of shaped who he is. But yeah. doesn't doesn't change the fact that he was with Hannah during some very formative years um, and how she could be more responsible for who he is than what Dexter is. So, and once we find out at least who Harrison is, <laughs> I don't yeah. exactly know what, he, what or who he is just yet. Um, but anyway, that's my number four. Nice. Um, what's your number three? All right. On number three, I just have a couple of different things kind of thrown together, but they're in a, in a topic. I just call it like crime scene shenanigans. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh but just silly. But also like crime scenes. <laughs> yeah. But then like all of the stuff that Dexter's kind of having to come against, like and across and how he deals with it. In oh this God, episode. I love it. It takes me back. Uh-huh. It's like the good old days. Let's hear it. I'm, right. I'm excited. <laughs> so of course, first, I mean, the big break in the case that we get pretty early on is these wildlife cameras that are out in the woods and you know, they call Dexter in and he's just ready for them to have footage of him killing Matt or like not killing him, but oh, knocking him out so and tense. dragging the body away. Like he's just waiting. He's like, we need you to clear some stuff up for us. And he's ready to see footage of him knocking out Matt and dragging him away and be like, well, I'll clear it up for you. Like, okay, <laughs> fuck, here we go. Yeah. You know, it's so much tension. It was like <laughs> Bay Harbor Butcher season two all over again. It was so good. <laughs> and, uh. So there is, there's footage of Caldwell shooting the deer, but that's 
luckily all it is is a heat signature footage of Matt mm-hmm. and they they can tell that it's Matt in the heat signature there but then they can't tell it's Dexter in the other one I think I, it's the gun yeah it's just I think you know, that the gun that he was using yeah you know they brought him in because he sold the gun and luckily where it's just the angles on these like wildlife cameras don't show the deer they just show Matt shooting from where he was at so you don't see Dexter standing next to the deer yeah but then there is there was another game camera that caught you know twenty seconds before that, Dexter walking up from the other direction. So timing wise, it was like you know well they would have been they would have met after this deer was shot. And uh, so he's yeah trying to figure it out. Luckily they don't you know recognize that signature as him. But he, he comes up with these like really clever ideas. He's really good. We've I've talked about that. He's like oh, he's quick on his feet. So good. Is you know they they want to find well him but you know he offers up this idea that you know, i can provide you a list of people with hunting licenses in the area to, to check on since i'm not on that list you know i love exactly. that which i won't be on uh, he was always good about that yeah keeping yeah. his name off of things and you know <laughs> uh, being kind of untraceable he hasn't lost that mm-hmm. yeah so so that was that was a good move on his part and it kind of keeps them looking in different directions but then he gets lucky. Lucky breaks. The fact that there's the good thing about dating the chief of police is she just, you know, tells you just matter of factly. Oh yeah, the search dogs are coming in the morning. <laughs> oh shit! Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're just like. I mean, so if he would have had no idea they were coming, then oh like what God. Deb says to him is like, "Those dogs are going to find the trail and lead it straight to your property, right to your front yard." <laughs> like I know. Uh, <laughs> So luckily she mentions that the search dogs are coming. So he's got to work fast. It's just this quick ramping tension. He's just getting squeezed from a lot of different sides, but he's so good at just adapting and and moving with it. So he's got to do something to, to combat these dogs efforts. So he digs up the grave, pulls out Matt's vest and then frolics all over the crime scene to just send them and keep them running in circles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Literally barking up the wrong tree, as Angela said. Uh (laughs) Which is interesting uh, because he did learn of the cameras that are out there, but yet he's prancing around the the crime scene where those cameras are. Right. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Like, what are you (laughs) now know where the cameras are? Or maybe all the cameras are at the police station right now because they're going through the the footage. I (laughs) I, I don't know, but I was like, Dude, you know there's cameras there, but maybe now that he knows the angle of them and he knows that there's blind spots, maybe he's able to s- stay into the blind spot and out of the view. Because yeah. they they are very limited, right? They're just yep. they're 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 in a certain direction. There's blind spots. If he's able to avoid that, that's the only argument that I could come up with is why he'd be mm-hmm. prancing around back on the crime scene again, leaving yeah. the scent, knowing that there's cameras out there. It was funny though. Yeah. It is. <laughs> the search dogs teddy teddy again was some great just like little quick like comedy you know relief of him trying to pet the police dogs dude you should know better like you've been a cop for three weeks now right like (laughs) you should know you don't you don't mess with the the search dogs the police dogs no (laughs) and and actually any working dog you should always ask before you know uh any working dog, police dogs, um, and especially like the the ones that are, um, you know, picking up a scent. Yeah, you know, because that's what the your scent the officer mess. tells him is yeah. 
you don't want to confuse them with the petting because it's like, okay, now your scent is all over their nose and their mm-hmm. ears and you know, all this. And so now they're trying to track this one scent, but now yours is all over them too. And it's going to throw them off. Totally. So, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, but, uh, he's funny. <laughs> yeah. Ricky. So Dexter is just this, then this whole episode after that, he's trying to come up with a plan. Cause he knows these dogs, he can run around in circles for a while, but they're eventually going to, to find where they need to go. Mm-hmm. And so he's on this quick time frame of I've got to move the body somewhere else. And he's going through all these things. I love the stuff with Deb. Uh, Isn't that so good? <laughs> I think Jennifer Carpenter's having way too much fun uh, <laughs> right, in, in playing um, Deb again. And in this revival, because she was just that really wood chipper moment was so much fun. But yeah, I love who are you? Dexter Morgan or fucking Goldilocks? You know, because uh, he's going through all these ideas of what to do with the body. The water is too busy. Cemetery's too cold. Wood chipper's too far ago. Uh, <laughs> the old iron mill, that might be just right. Except for one of the three bears is in there taking a nap. So It's funny that she Maybe calls not. him Goldilocks and he literally comes right. in contact with the bear. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I did love that. But yeah, he's like, okay, what, what do I do? And he's trying to find this perfect plan of what to do with the body and then at the end this like you know the the ritual fire with the seneca mm. kind of gives him that quick that was easy you know kind of idea like yeah <laughs> so i guess matt's just no longer a problem he's like i'll just throw it into the i guess like the town furnace i'm not sure exactly what that is uh <laughs> uh an incinerator just just out in the middle of town for some reason like i <laughs> You know what? You'd be surprised. Know. You'd be surprised. I know a lot of people who aren't from small towns or live in small towns. That's something that is a foreign concept. But yeah. uh, yes, that exists. Hey, we got huh. some. We got some weird things happening in these small rural towns. Don't don't look too hard. Right. Let me tell you. So I, I think though with that, like, I mean, is that something the police are then going to think to check? <laughs> like. It seems like a pretty viable option for most killers, then, if there's just this incinerator in the middle of town that you can get to at any point. And, but if, yeah, if can well, they find any evidence from that? I, I don't know how well that, you know, DNA and, and stuff like that would work after with and ashes. And Well, and I do have, uh, that's one of my points, um, d- d- disposing of, of Matt. So mm-hmm. it was a little bit convenient. That the incinerator is just there and it's burning unsupervised. But again, this is a small rural town. These small towns, and like I said, I'm from a very, very small town as well. It's it's trust thing. You know, I, I've heard of stories where uh, even if there isn't one like located right there in your town that's open and unsupervised, you know, uh, your local hospital might have uh, an incinerator like that. And during certain times, they would allow you to use it for certain things. Um, and it was a trust thing. Nobody was there watching you or watching what you put in there. It was kind of a trust thing. Um, yeah. And and it, there wouldn't be a lot of, I don't think, cameras around, but I do wonder if like, I think Dexter should be watching his back because there may not be a need for or like a lot of security cameras around because you don't find them a whole lot in small towns. I know some people mm-hmm. in small towns might have, you know, the ring cameras or other cameras. But as far as like in town, a lot of small businesses and things like that aren't probably going to have cameras. They just wouldn't need to. Right. That's yeah. this is not 
like a problem. Uh, I mean, what the biggest crimes that they had when we first had that first episode was someone stole the pies from like the Christmas fest and somebody yeah. was it somebody's animals got out of a pen or had to yeah. round up the goats or something like that. Um, so these are the big problems and big, big crimes in the area, right? They don't really have a need for like security cameras. However, it is a small town and I feel like there's always somebody around kind of snooping or looking out their window or someone mm-hmm. kind of lurking around and go- looking over going, what's Dexter throwing in the incinerator? You know, and even if they wouldn't question exactly what he's like, would they look at Dexter or Jim and, and see him throwing bags into the incinerator and think that he's throwing a dead body in there? Probably not, but somebody could say, oh, yeah, well, I saw Jim throwing something in the incinerator, and then that would, of course, raise a question. So I do hope he's at least watching his back a little bit and making sure that no one's out there because it did look a little centralized. And I don't know the exact temperature when um, someone decides to be cremated uh, if what it takes for, like, bones to burn – and I don't know how high like that incinerator would get in order for that to happen. But you were asking about evidence mm-hmm. uh, and what could be left behind. Remember Matt's boating accident? Yeah. And he, his leg was shattered. He mm-hmm. had a titanium rod in his leg. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty nice. sure that's not going to burn. <laughs> nice. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. That is a good thought and a good catch from you. That's going to come back later. <laughs> nice one. Yep. That when that shows up in a, however many episodes from now, I'm going to be like, yep, Rima, there you go again. Calling it. <laughs> I like details. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I remember that being called out and you could see the scar too. Um, yeah. When Dexter walks in on him at the party. Um, so yeah, I don't think that'll burn. And no, so, but also because we were talking about Kurt lying, saying that his son is alive. Yeah, uh, they did not have a reason to check. Yeah. Maybe. But also if they do find uh, any remnants of of Matt's body or that titanium rod, wouldn't that then throw suspicion onto Kurt Right. Well, then, because now the police is like, well, why did you lie about your son being alive? Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. It might not be so bad in Dexter's favor because um, it could still make Kurt look really bad if they do happen to find something and they say, well, <laughs> why did you lie about him being alive uh, when clearly he's dead? Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. But yeah, yeah something Dexter interesting. Dexter can put on his charm and. Yeah, I don't know. Around that time, I, I ran into him. He was drunk, but he was celebrating something. <laughs> like, like so he was finally done with something. Yeah, <laughs> I think he was not drunk. I think he was faking, fake drunk. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm guessing, but I don't. I don't think he was. I think he wanted everyone to think that he was, and like kind of celebrating that his son yeah. was. My son's alive! Woohoo! You know, he's got something to celebrate. We'll see. We'll see. But I am loving Clancy Brown, though. God, he's so good. Isn't he just so fun to watch? Awesome. I just love him. Always great to have him. (laughs) Yeah, he's so good. Um, It's 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 seeing him uh, for me is like seeing John Lithgow when he played the Trinity Killer. 
mm-hmm. in season three, or yeah, in season three. I mean, or four. I'm sorry, it was four. four. Um, I mean, he was so brilliant, and for for me, uh, that's you know kind of the same same that Clancy Brown's doing right now. This great, and if he turns out to be like you know the big bad. Um, like we're talking about, uh, you know, it'll, I think, just kind of fall into place like that. Yeah. Um, I can't help but make those comparisons. Uh, let's see, my number three, right? Um, you mentioned it earlier. One thing that I'd like to point out, one thing that I do really uh, like about Dexter New Blood uh, is how how well they are portraying and giving space to um, the rituals of the Seneca people. Mm-hmm. Um that deer burning scene was beautiful. I, I felt it was right to give, you know, reverence to, I'm putting in quotes, this character. That was really what caused Matt's murder. Right. Um, and I feel that the deer was a character of its own. And yeah, that, that was, that was heartbreaking. I would be heartbroken if that really happened, uh, you know, in real life Uh, to think that, you know, because of how rare that, that creature is and for someone to disrespect it, uh, like that and kill it with no dignity or respect. Uh, just it breaks my freaking heart. Uh, so I thought that was beautiful. So I'm I'm glad that they um, uh, that there's some representation there, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that there was some respect to their traditions um, yeah. for for the deer. So I love that. Um, I also like you know Audrey. Audrey, you know, is very passionate about her. Uh, stance about the environment and the animals that live there on the land um you know so i i I like and i like how she stands up for what she believes in and that you know she cares and she cared about the deer she cares about the environment um so i really like all of that as well um angela you know i i think it was either the first episode or the second episode i can't remember when we were talking about it how i feel angela's kind of in a kind of a tough um way in her life where she's you know a a member of the seneca people you know those are her people but yet she's also you know representing the town as well and i think that she is trying to kind of bridge the two to hold both sides together together the settler and the indigenous together um i feel like you know she's I think a really interesting character. She's not afraid to stand up for herself, but she also knows how to be like a diplomat. You know, she says what she means and I like how she stands up to Kurt, Yeah, but she also shows him compassion. Um, yeah. That scene was really good. I yeah. really liked that where, you know, he's disrespectful to her mm-hmm. and she won't take it. Like she will go like punch right back at him, mm-hmm. but then follow it up with like, I know you're grieving. Like she understands like you, are hurting because your son is missing and yeah, you're going to lash a out. But like, she gets it. She's like, I, I get it. But then he just, you know, will call me when there's some real stuff and hangs up on her. And she's like, oh, this fucker. Yeah. Like, I, I'm trying here. <laughs> I'm trying. Give me the- <laughs> She's on a tough path. She really yeah. is. And she's a good cop. She's good at what she does. Uh, and it's, it's interesting to see that, you know, you don't have to be, you know, like from a big city just to be a good cop. Like you can still, yeah. you know, she's a good cop. I think Logan's a good cop. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure about Teddy yet. You know? <laughs> Teddy's got some work to do. He's yeah, learning. He's got some got some learning to uh, be done. But I, I really like her, and I and I like mm-hmm. um, how they're portraying um, all of these characters and and the traditions. 
um, I think I I like it. I think it's important. So just want to kind of have a short note uh, on that. Um, What's your number two? My number two, I want to talk about (laughs) good guy Harrison, (laughs) anti-bully Harrison. Uh, Yeah, just kind of a lot of his, that storyline with Harrison and Ethan and Zach. Um, Because, yeah, I mean, the first time we see it, because Harrison's walking, you know, he's at the school because he's got to take this test, this placement test. And so he's there and he runs across Zach and Scott and some of the other guys. Zach and the Douche Brigade, as I call him. Uh, <laughs> and they, they show him, like, he's going to be super into it. I don't like that they're catfishing this dorky loner, Ethan. You oh, know, these guys are jerks. Joking at his expense and all of this. And his only response to it, he just goes, that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. And, like, these assholes are laughing, like, being like, yeah, yeah, it is, isn't it? And he's like, no, like, he really meant it. Like, he yeah. is disgusted at their behavior. Yeah, absolutely. And then he makes that really cool choice of... You know, them saying hey to him at lunch, and he's just like, and swerve. And goes and sits with Ethan, and then just tells him exactly what they're doing. I love it. He's so he's like, like why, why would you tell me that? And he's just like, yeah. And be, you know, he's like, guys like that don't deserve to be at the top of the food chain. Mm-hmm. He's like, fuck those guys. I'm, it's not, I'm not cool with it, and I'm going to let you know what's going on. And then he kind of works with him with this little plan i love you know he gets ethan to fire back at zach with this interesting gif uh (laughs) yep very creative you know helping him stand up for himself and then when tough guy decides to buck up harrison shuts him down real fast Mm -hmm. shut that shit down uh (laughs) just grabs him by the windpipe i was like damn um he's learned some shit uh for sure yeah where and that line yeah, leave Ethan alone, or I do this. Or I do this to you every single fucking day. It's like, oh, <laughs> he's not playing around. It's like, don't fuck with Harrison. Got it, noted. Um, and then I love like after the thing with Zach, Zach starts like catching his breath, and then Scott steps up really fast, and then all. Harrison has to do is look at him and go, what? And he's like, no, 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 never mind. Like, he just cowers back immediately. Like, no, nope, not worth it. Yeah. No, not. <laughs> I think he peed a little. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, oh, by the way, Coach uh, Coach Logan said that I made the wrestling team. So see you guys on the mat, which seems a little cheesy, but also I really love it. It's a great line. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Definitely. Uh, yeah, that's great. And then I liked it. you know Audrey talking with him after, and it's great that Audrey's not even really bothered by what happened. Like she's very aware that Zach sucks a lot. Mm-hmm. So, you know her reasoning for like is she dating Zach or are they just like I'm not I, I'm not hundred percent sure I'm I, not. I, I wasn't clear either. You know they were all hanging out. They all went to the um, you know when they weren't searching in quotes, yeah. and they ended up hanging out at the summer camp. I couldn't tell. Is she just a part of their friend group? Is she dating him? I couldn't tell. I would hope that, I mean, she seems like a girl um, who's, well, as I just mentioned, like, she's not afraid to stand up for what she believes in. She's a straight shooter. She was straight up to uh, Olsen, like, basically, like, fuck off, dude. And, you know, she's not afraid to speak her mind. And she seems like she might have low tolerance for bullshit. So why she hangs around with, like, Zach and those guys, when they pull shit like they did with Ethan, and she, like, knows about it, and she almost kind of gives him a pass in some ways that I was kind of, like, a little irritated with her about, yeah, like, like, her, like oh, her well, they're thing just, just jerks. Like, 
Yeah, they're just jerks, and you know, when you grow up in a small town, you can't you, you you're around the same people, and you can't choose who. It's you're not okay though it's for like, them yeah, to bully. You, um, you know, yeah. I mean, just because. Yeah, I get that. Trust me, I I grew up in two very small towns and went to two very small schools, and you are kind of stuck with those people that you grow up with. Now, I was fortunate for to the most part ha- be around mostly good people, but I'm like that doesn't give anyone an excuse just because you're in a small town and you can't really escape you can't blend because it's a small school small town um and yeah you're kind of stuck with them you can't just blend in with another group or or something it's harder to to kind of not disappear really but just get into another group or something um because it is a small town and it's hard to get away from those folks it doesn't give anyone excuse to be like well sorry that's just how it is no it's not okay to to treat anyone like that and to be a bully dude's an asshole and i mean i think harrison was pretty aggressive about it but i think he definitely deserved to be knocked on his ass a little bit and taken down a notch it uh sends the message pretty crystal clear yeah i would say that uh, you're done doing that now yeah (laughs) it's not okay it was not okay what he was you know um treating him like that and it sounds like it's been ongoing he said he, he, i mean the dude harrison's like he he said he's been picking on him since y'all were kids and uh he's so scared like to talk to people he can't even like hold a conversation i mean that's mm-hmm. that's uh, just uncall i just i hate bullying i just i freaking yeah. hate it i hate bullies and i hate that behavior and it's just inexcusable so mm-hmm that just kind of triggers me. So I just, yeah, it was, yeah, it so it's great what he does. And then mm-hmm. like, he's like still hanging out with Ethan. Like, you know, he FaceTimes him later, which then that becomes its own, own thing. Uh, <laughs> Ethan FaceTiming Harrison and showing him his, uh, yeah, art. That took a so dark to turn. Yikes. Yeah. It's a little, little bit on the sociopathic side. Just a little bit, my dude. Uh, you know, he's drawn all these pictures of him graphically murdering the jocks and, him dressed up as like the Punisher, you know, they'd be fucking scared of me if I was. But red flags all over the field, say, throw them all out, dumping all of the red flags out of the bucket. Yeah, uh, I, that took a turn I wasn't expecting, but I, you know, that's like uh, hesitant to even say it, but like school shooter vibes. Yeah, it's, you know, uh, definitely, and Harrison definitely clocks it where he s- notices like, it's a little off. You see him kind of waver a little bit in his eyes, but then he's also kind of smiling about it. And then kind of joking like, Oh, what are you like the Punisher or something? And I was just like, again, you don't know don't where Harrison know. is. I was like, what is his take on this? He kind and of I'm, smiles. Yeah. There before the scene ends. He's kind of, and I'm like, Oh, what is, I don't know. I don't know why Harrison, Ugh. why are you, wh- wh- where's your mind at dude? Yeah. And I'm like, I hope he doesn't encourage that behavior like he's seen he's like oh yeah that's that's kind of you know dark or that's cool and i'm like oh hell uh -hmm. i mean i don't know what you would do if you were presented with something like that but um right bad vibes bad vibes from that poor kid who's been bullied his entire life Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah um that was a good number two. Well, my number two was um, about um, Dexter disposing of Matt in the incinerator. Um, I'm trying to think. I think I had some more notes about that. But I think that um, I will say what I'll add to that that I didn't mention was, I mean, <laughs> 
as dark and twisted as what it was, you know, him having this idea to uh, put Matt in incinerator, it was uh, pretty damn savage that Matt's ashes are then being sprinkled upon the whole damn town. <laughs> and then, Probably the closest to him and his father have ever been. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, what a savage moment. <laughs> that <laughs> can't help it. I'm, I'm laughing, and I don't know why, but it's funny. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just feel like uh, it, was, it was pretty savage um, after that. Yeah, it's like that that moment. Yeah, that I thought it was kind of a again. It's it's darkly funny. It shouldn't be funny, but it is. But you know, he literally just like had just thrown this body into this incinerator, and all these ashes are falling. And then here's this guy being like, "My son's alive. I talked to him." And then dark, uh, and then Dexter just like dry, just saying, "That's unbelievable." (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then he just kind of looks uh, around him like, because his ashes are literally falling from the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love that. Um, but yeah, that's that's really all that I had to say about that was just how um, it does add a little bit more of a sinister kind of feel to it. You know, that, you know, not only of what he does with Matt, but then now burning them and his ashes falling on the ground like that and on, on his dad. Um, so... Yeah, dark place. Um, what's your number one? All right, my number one. Uh, more Harrison, but also like Dexter and Harrison and their relationship is what I wanted to, to focus on with that number one. Um, it's an interesting relationship. It's getting closer, but like it's still Harrison definitely still has a lot of worries, and he kind of keeps things at bay. Uh, but also, he's really good. Like he just sticks up for his dad's failing. Mm-hmm. A lot. And I think, you know, he did say it in, like, episode two. You know, it was like, I just don't want, you know, people in, on my business. You know, I don't want cops in my business. I don't want, you know, people asking. But he's still, you know, you know Jim is getting some grilling and very judgy looks from Principal Strode, which <laughs> that's got to be on purpose, by the way, right? Get to nice know little your son a little bit with that more. Name. Um, <laughs> yeah, but she's just, yeah, just giving him that. But he covers up for it, like, real quick. He's like, oh, well, you know, because after my stepmother died, you know, we were in the process of the middle of moving, and he had no way of contacting us, and he didn't know, and it's not his fault. Mm-hmm. And he, he just, like, sticks up with him there, which which is good. And then it as is. much as he'll cover for him, he does never hold back on also just giving him guilt trip jabs all the time, too. I like that, you know, oh, I've learned to take care of myself after he comes back in. He's mm-hmm. like, so are you going to drive me to school, or am I going to walk? <laughs> like... Jim, you know, he's very not afraid to also jab at him, but I love it. it it's great, but he, he's always covering for him and kind of working through this relationship with him. And then, the, of course, there's the moment with him finishing this placement test in like record time because he has a genius. We talked about that, yep. you see, but the principal doesn't believe him, thinks he cheated. And then Harrison's actually like a little hurt that Dexter doesn't stand up for him fully. Where he's just like, well, did you cheat? And he's like, no. Why would you? You're supposed to be here for me. And mm-hmm. he's like, well, you can just take the test again, and you'll, you know, prove that you didn't cheat. And he's like, you're supposed to back me up. That's what, as a father, that's what you do. Which then, you know, so he kind of throws it down his face, like later at the home. He's like, by the way, I did take that test, and I got an even higher score the second time. So, uh, you know, <laughs> like, I love that. I love that. I'm like, damn, <laughs> that kid is so smart. Um, right. 
Yeah, I thought, well, if you, you know, if, what's the, Dexter's like, you called me down here to tell me how awesome my son is. Thanks. Uh, You Mm -hmm. know, what was the emergency that like, well, I have to talk to you about your son. And that's the reason they drag him down there was because he's so smart that he passed the test. But, well, you don't think that he did. You think he cheated. And then so we get their bonding throughout the episode, which is good. And then you really see Dexter actually regrets letting his passenger win with Matt Mm -hmm. in this instance. Like, it's kind of become real. Like, he legitimately just wants a family and normalcy. And he was doing so good. And he keeps telling himself, you know, this is a a one-off. You know, the very beginning of the episode, the opening of this episode is, you know, all because I made one tiny mistake and killed someone. <laughs> you know, he's, I love that one It's tiny still very mistake. trivial to him, but but he understands, like, this was this was a bad call and I really shouldn't have lost in this. You know, when he's talking with Deb, I like the kind of back and forth with Deb. was like, you know, but these spots aren't going to work in the long term. And she's like, long term? You plan on killing again? He's like, no. That's not what I mean. It's like, this is a one and done, and then I'm just a father. Like, <laughs> we'll see about that. We'll but, see. Um, but he legitimately, that's what he wants. He's not trying to go back to this old way and live with the danger of it and the thrill of it. He really doesn't want that. Mm-hmm. And and especially now with Harrison and his life, it's another great push for him to be better and be something else. And so I love that kind of closer to the ending of the episode, which you talked about, like the the Seneca respect. I did love that he was the one that was like, oh, we should leave, mm-hmm. like let them do their thing in peace, respect for what they hold sacred. I'm sure they wouldn't mind them being there, but it's just it's great that he meant like noticed that and was like, yeah, we should go. And yep. then they're sitting in the truck before they leave. I love that scene, you know, Dexter apologizing for not backing him up about the test earlier at the school. Yeah. And then like what Angela had said to Audrey, he uses that, you know, that this is me on your side. And then Harrison finally calls him dad. Shut up. You cried. Not me. Nope. Not <laughs> me up, crying. crying. Um, <laughs> I didn't. Nope. What are you talking about? No, nope. uh, <laughs> I don't know who, who was, but it wasn't me. Yeah. Right. It was the other one. Other guy. <laughs> I didn't do it. No. <laughs> But yeah, no, that was that scene was very touching. I'm like trying to like take notes through like blurry vision, like oh my god, I know, um, <laughs> I know. Well, and man, you know, Dexter is very much father and son themed. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Dexter and Harry, uh, Dexter and Harrison. Uh, now we've got Kurt and Matt Caldwell. Uh, you know, that's a big theme. In Dexter, mm-hmm. and we're just continuing it with the next generation here. So, yeah. well, I mean, yeah. you talk about, I mean, it wasn't necessarily like a father son thing, but I mean, like the best season of this show is, you know, you were talking about season four with Arthur Miller and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the Trinity Killer and stuff. Even the whole, you know, thing behind the Trinity Killer and why Dexter was so interested in him and got really is because of this. At least seemingly, you know, things broke apart on the inside. Once yes, you, you know, once you got a closer curtain. picture, yeah. But mm-hmm. but it was this, from the outside, seemingly, like, this guy is a father and has a family and is doing things mm-hmm. normally and is able to balance it. Of course, that's like, you know, again, we're spoiling things from the show if you haven't seen it. I don't know why, if you haven't. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a big thing with Dexter being like, so it is possible. And then once he gets close enough to Arthur to realize, oh, no, it's all a sham and it's not possible because this guy's a monster to his family mm-hmm. and everything, too. Absolutely. So. 
Yeah. I remember that so well. God, season four was so good. Mm-hmm. So brilliant. Um, really good number one. Um, I like that a lot. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, and Dexter's like, Dad, that's my new favorite word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't, I don't know if he ever... I, well, I guess he would have heard that, based, I guess, depending on how old... Harrison would have been when he when he didn't leave him. He probably has heard yeah. that. Because I thought, oh man, has he maybe never heard Harrison actually say "dad" or "daddy," you know, to him before? But I guess at four, you would be saying, you know, yeah. "dad" or "daddy." Um, but still, um, after all those years, probably a pretty good feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number one. I want to kind of talk a little bit about how Dexter just continuously underestimates the people around him. <laughs> that. <laughs> and I mentioned it uh, earlier in my other point about, you know, that small town cops can be just as good, you know, as as um, any like Miami Metro, for example. Um, Angela and Logan, you know, are, are good cops. Granted, they may not have as much experience or exposure to the types of crimes, but they seem to be really good at their job. And man, you mentioned it earlier. I was shaking in my boots uh, for Dexter when he went to the police station and uh he wanted to question him about the last time that he saw Matt or all Mm -hmm. of his encounters with Matt um, as he's going through and interviewing people. They could just be setting it up that way, right? To make us nervous um, because it's, it's getting really close to Dexter and he's being probed and being questioned. So they could just be setting it up that way. But on the other hand, you could look at it like Logan is really, looking at him certain ways like some of the looks that he gives him and how he's just really looking at him and studying him i'm like oh is yeah that's i have a note on that where like to ask you i was like did that like questioning session with logan feel a little tense to you like he actually had suspicion of dexter because i definitely got those vibes yeah i got some vibes but i thought are they doing it on purpose to make us feel tense and to add that to the show he's like that with everybody he questions he's just very thorough and like the, on the job and puts the personality or like the like relationship right like we're not friends aside. right now we're right now i'm, I'm a, a police cop. officer asking you the questions i have to ask right yeah. so yeah i wasn't sure where that you know where to go on that but i i got to thinking about, about logan and i thought <laughs> i couldn't help but think of what if and i know this isn't really feasible and i don't think it's going to happen but what if by some stretch of the imagination, he was related to Dokes. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> Surprise, motherfucker, is what I'm waiting for, like, Dokes to bust through the door. Surprise, motherfucker. Because, <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> man, for some, I mean, someone who did not Stolen give pies, Dexter an I'm... inch was Dokes. And <laughs> right. that's, you know, of course, Logan was not nearly as intense as Dokes. Um Mm-hmm. I thought, man, he sure is really kind of giving it to Dexter here. And I couldn't tell if it was just like you said, maybe he's just, you know what, this is my cop face. I'm getting I've got a job to do and I'm treating you just like I would anyone else, you know, despite mm-hmm. that I've known you for so long and we're friends or whatever. Um, or if he was really kind of putting an intensity on on uh, Dexter specifically. So I don't know. But I thought I was like, these these guys are pretty good. Um, and then we, we've talked about Damien. Damien's on the list as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the CSI investigator. Um, he, you know, t- you wouldn't think to look at him 
that he's pretty put together and, and good at his job, but he was. He's, of course, created a huge headache for Dexter, you know, mm-hmm. um, and he has to, of course, admit that, like, damn, I would do that. That's exactly what I would do. Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, it, it's, it's just Dexter being put in this small-town environment, you know, is a, an interesting contrast to what we had when he was in Miami, but uh, it doesn't put him, I don't think, in any less risk. Um, yeah, you know, for sure. So I don't know. I'm, I, I can't wait to see how the rest of it plays out. Uh, any notes? I think we both probably oh, have yeah. a lot of notes. So <laughs> yeah, let's get, let's get to them. Of course. We, yeah. What's pretty much left are just the, the little kind of notes. So they're just like little thoughts that I had, but, uh, mm-hmm. Logan letting Harrison fly the drone around at the beginning was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's like super into it, and he's just like, "Oh, this thing's so cool!" And yeah, and then like that kind of funny line of like, "It's like okay, well, I got to take Harrison off to school and like, want to wrestle." So, <laughs> <laughs> it's like such a weird. He's like, "I'm the coach of the wrestling team. I want to like, know if he wants to join." It's like, I've got. Oh, okay. Whew, good. Um, <laughs> that is a note too. The look on Dexter's face. The fuck he's did looking you just at say? like a yeah. perv. Uh, like, what did you just I, say to my son? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, but then yeah, Deb. I've talked about her a little bit, but just she plays that role of oh uh, light panic with a healthy dose of you're fucked. Um, She's you know, doing just, so great. I love her playing um, that role for Dexter and that counterpart, and I think she's having a great time with it. It's definitely a lot different than what we saw with Harry um, in, in the previous uh, seasons, and I love it. I think she's doing a fantastic yeah. job. I really like it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure what I was going to feel about it. I was still kind of on the fence, but I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah. We have uh, Molly Park, the crime, the true crime podcaster. Thank you. <laughs> and I couldn't help but just think, <laughs> I don't know why I went to this, like, characterization she walked in i was like mm, she walked in you see gams for days legs up to here you know like i don't know why <laughs> that voice came out she looked quite fabulous on that crime scene um she did <laughs> and yeah and then we find out later that she's this true crime podcaster with millions of followers on instagram like the number one true crime podcast of course audrey's a big fan of hers of course and so she's in town following the case of matt caldwell I was like, the show better do some po- uh, do us podcasters some justice, right? Uh- Hell yeah. <laughs> Don't give us a bad name, man. Uh, but that, she might be a fun little uh, cog in the works here. We'll <laughs> I think she's going to throw a wrench in things. I. Yeah. What do you want to bet she either has or will talk about the Miami killings or the Bay Harbor Butcher? She know about the Bay Harbor Butcher stuff and then maybe recognizes Dexter through all of her stuff. Who knows? I'm interested. <laughs> I think it's going to be. And I love that they're because it's so today, right? Everyone's yeah. obsession, me included, with true crime podcasts um, and just true crime in general. Um, and then in like today's world, all the things that Dexter has to deal with, right? Social media, uh, mm-hmm. the enhanced security and cameras and drones. things. Drones. Podcasts. Podcasts. True crime <laughs> podcasts. Um, dude just can't can't catch a break. So I think it's perfect. I thought it was just absolutely perfect to throw this into yeah. the season as well. So I think I think she's gonna she's gonna be an, uh, a problem. Another thorn in his side. He's gonna have to deal yes. with. Uh, let's see. I have a bunch of other stuff. Let's see. Um, with Angela, Iris comes up again. Yep. Uh, when she goes to the reservation to do some questioning with the hunters and stuff there, and then Miriam was the lady that she talked to. 
and she seems a little offended. And, you know, Angela tells her, I'm running this investigation the same as if it were one of our own. Please don't make this about Iris. So I'm really curious what happened. It seems that Iris was like a close friend of hers Mm -hmm. when they were kids. Because, you know, Miriam says something about, you know, oh, yeah, when when you and Iris were kids, y'all dreamed about moving off somewhere and being in a band and all this. You know, and I'm just very, very intrigued by by this backstory of what what happened there. We got to know something soon. Um, Hopefully get that story of who Mm -hmm. she was. I like uh, the butcher. I forgot his name. Audrey says it, but I didn't catch it. (laughs) But uh, asking, you know, looking at Harris and go, oh, you're Jim Lindsay's kid. And he goes, that's what they say. Such a funny little meta joke there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I love it. Let's see. Uh, with with Harrison and Audrey, uh, Harrison taking the initiative to decide to do something with the buck. Like, well, let's do something, and then giving Audrey the idea, kind of having her think about what they can do and taking it out back to the reservation, was a, a good point for Harrison. And then while her the two of them are together, uh, I assume Audrey was raised by her father until he died, and then Angela took over. That's what it sounded like to me because she's very fond of her dad. But, like, her mom, like, gave birth to her and then abandoned her. But then, like, she was with her dad. And then when he died, and we don't Angela know, came in. Like, I'm what not age sure, but that's what either. it sounds like. Yeah. So when, what, what happened to her dad? When did whatever happened to her dad happen? Is it connected to um, Iris? Ooh. Is it connected to Iris? <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking these two. And also, I'm going to tell you something else that I'm throwing out there. Could be completely wrong. But, you know, we were talking about Olsen and the his weird, creepy vibes uh, when he uh, pulls over to um, talk to Audrey, I I agree that it was weird and it was creepy. However, could it be like a reverse affection kind of thing? Could he be like her Has grandfather? That or even or her, even her father? Father, like if she he's got like this, you know, connection or interest in her, maybe. That's why her mother left. She was, you know, ashamed or something about the actual father of the baby was this billionaire who's like trying to cover things up now, and so she left. I mean, then... he's got a weird interest in her. It's not just about <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, she's just a, a a kid poking her nose and and you know whatever. Why he, how he was giving Angela kind of a hard time about her. Uh, I feel it's more than that. So I don't know. I'm I was picking up a weird thing, uh, you yeah. know, uh, from from that too. So I don't know. Yeah. Then uh, one more with Audrey and Harrison uh, when the car breaks down and <laughs> sends him off to, to Jerry's to get the, the parts for the, the radiator or whatever. I had to like pause it and go back a couple times to get the wording because it was like, tell him I need a three inch wide radiator hose and two clamps, which doesn't seem like a lot now that I have it written out. But the way she said it so fast, like I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, well, I immediately forgot what she said. So good for him than knowing what to do because <laughs> I just heard it and I don't know what it was that she needed. So <laughs> good. <laughs> Good for her. I was really uh, proud of her. She knows her shit. Right. Um, Angela on the phone with Dexter right after his uh, run-in with the bear. That whole, you know, yeah, I'm exhausted too. And I can't, I don't understand how I'm going to cook dinner for Audrey and Harrison. Like, Harrison? He goes, yeah, Audrey invited him over. And that just silent fuck <laughs> that just screamed. Dexter screams. I was like, I've been there. I know. Yeah, I, I feel you. Because, uh, <laughs> uh, and it's partially just because again he's been trying to figure out what to do with matt and then that just keeps getting pushed back and back he's like all right i'm finally gonna take care i've got a plan i'm gonna take care of matt's body 
oh, now I have to have dinner with my, my girlfriend and my son. And family. All right, cool. Now I can go out and, oh, now we have to take this deer's body out to the reservation. God, like, what all do I need to do before exactly. I can get what I need done? Exactly. Oh, it takes me back to a couple <laughs> of episodes from the old series, you know, where he's – you know, I've got to get back to the body and get rid of it before it's found. But there's so many things that pop up. Like Rita's like, right. hey, I need you to pick up the kids. And hey, I need you to do this. And Deb's calling. And oh, he's got to get to a crime scene and process the scene and collect the blood and do all that stuff. But he's got a body he's got to go take care of. It's uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely takes me back. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think that is all of my notes. <laughs> I think that covers most of mine. But it reminded me when you said... Um, <laughs> When Dexter was uh, <laughs> running out after being chased by the bear, he was running out in those snowshoes. <laughs> yeah, flap, 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 flap. But he was on yeah. dirt. He wasn't in the snow yet because he was in the cave. And I yeah. thought, oh, my God, how do you even run with freaking snowshoes? <laughs> true. I've done face planted uh, or fallen on my ass. <laughs> the bear chasing <laughs> me in freaking snowshoes. I was laughing my ass off. <laughs> oh god, it was so good. I saw a side by side online of that scene with the the bear, and then I don't remember exactly what season or where it was in the show, but him being in the marshes over in Florida, and there was an alligator that jumped out at him. Yeah, it was like a similar thing where he took off running, and then like he goes fuck, and then like falls over, and then like catches his breath. Yes, it was like very much like I saw like they had like the two scenes picture by picture beside each other. I was like, ha, ah, that's a nice little nod. Oh, gosh, was that season one? I think it was season one, I think. Mm. Uh, I remember that scene. I remember it so vividly. Yeah, yeah I love that. Um, those were really good notes. You you went right in uh, a lot of mine, too, but let me run down my list here. Oh, one thing that I love, and it wasn't talked about so much in this episode or brought up, but it was last week, um, how there are a few things about – uh, Dexter that haven't changed and one of them is that he's still an amazing bowler and it's mm-hmm. like how they are picking up um, a, a great gag from the original series in that Dexter was a highly skilled bowler you know and he was on yeah. that Miami date Miami Dade's um, team and it was you know bowling was one way that Dexter knew how to connect with people and enjoy like a normal activity outside of work or yeah. killing and so <laughs> it was cool to see that he still carries that on uh, in, yeah. in Iron Lake, um, so I just love that. And of course, second in the the Winterfest tournament or whatever it was. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I still cannot quite figure out uh, Harrison's age. They haven't quite defined it here in the show, right? So I started doing some digging and trying to figure out how old Harrison could could possibly be i think he's likely between 14 and 15 he looks very that's old where for 14, it should land but i think that's he does where I, I think he could definitely do 15 at least yeah. uh so that's where i'm at in my mind is like I've, I've landed on 15 yeah it makes the most sense time wise and i mean obviously the actor is definitely older than that but yes I think the actor is older pulls it off he, it, it, it can work it can work. It can work. I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I don't have a problem with the actor thinking that he's too old to play him by any means, but it's it's yeah. kind of because I, I was confused about because it. Because he's not old enough yet to drive. Because he needs a drive. He needs a ride to and from school from his dad. Right. He doesn't. So he can't drive, or maybe he's yeah. never maybe bouncing around foster homes or in his uh, 
journey to find Dexter, he just hasn't gotten his driver's license, maybe, even if he is old enough mm-hmm. to drive. So there's, I guess, that possibility. But I do think that he's just not old enough yet to drive. Because Dexter Season 7 um, was supposed to have taken place in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, and then during Season 7, Dexter said that Harrison was three years old. There was a six-month time jump between the end of Season 7 and the beginning of Season 8, Um, that placed the majority of that season in 2012. And at one point during season eight, uh, Deb Deb said that Harrison was four, which would make sense. But Mm -hmm. season eight changed Harrison's actor to an older boy who was seven years old. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know if he was still supposed to be four years old, that the actor was just older, but he was supposed to be playing younger. That's not... Again, a, a big departure. We know they do that sometimes. Um, yeah. And the official synopsis for New Blood says that it's set 10 years after season eight. But it should put it at 2022, not 2021, which is it seems like when it's taking place. We saw that on the calendar. So yeah. either way, however, wherever we're at here, Harrison shouldn't be any older than 16. And I think even that's pushing it. So I'm thinking he's yeah. 15. That's where I... Yeah. Are we comfortable with that? I'm just yep. going to establish that and we're just Because I even think last week that's what I even just said <laughs> in like one of my notes. It was like a 15-year-old and I just like rolled with it because I think that's kind of – because I've done the same thing. I was looking at like the timelines mm-hmm. and trying to figure out and that's where I landed too. I was like 15 sounds right. I just need to talk it out and kind of just finally – because I'm just like, yeah. gosh, I don't know where we're at here and I just need to put a cap in it and and, and mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying for myself. Um, there was an Easter egg here in uh and there might have been more but this is the one that i picked up on when the killer this unknown killer that we don't know yet uh is staring at those monitors uh off to the side to his uh left are a stack of books and in the middle of this i think it was like four books in the middle of those four books are two books authored by clyde phillips so it called, I saw that. <laughs> do you see those? Uh, uh, unthinkable and Fall from Grace, I believe is what they were. I think that was the titles. Maybe cool. I, I think I have those right. But uh, as we know, Clyde Phillips, the showrunner uh, mm-hmm. from uh, the original showrunner of Dexter from seasons one through four and is currently. And then this one. Yeah. This one, uh, this season, The Revival. So I was I was looking. I was like. Good to have him back. So good. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, so glad to have him back. And I, I'm loving what he's doing so far. And uh, yeah, I thought that was great. But I, I know I was kind of looking and I've been like trying to zero in on details, right? Because I feel like yeah. everything is kind of a clue. Everything could be important. It could be bullshit. I don't know, but I'm just paying attention. Mm-hmm. And I saw that. I was like, wait, Clyde Phillips. And someone here needs glasses behind this mic. I don't know who who she is, but uh, I had to get, I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> what? Wait, what does that say? Clyde Phillips? Oh my God. Um, if anyone spots any other Easter eggs, though, uh, let me know. Um, yeah. I'd love to to know if we get more, other than just like some of the callbacks that, that you and I typically talk about um, from the past seasons. Um, well, I think that was great. Did you have any other notes or anything else that you wanted to talk about from this episode? I don't think so. I think I got all of it. Finally. Finally. We got through it. <laughs> we, got, we got through it. Uh, I don't know. I, we could, there's probably more things we could probably talk about, but um, mm-hmm. I think that's a good place to uh, wrap it for now. Well, um, 
we got some feedback this week. Now, we didn't get any Facebook feedback. I don't know huh. where everyone was this week. Are we yet, guys? Are we still watching what is the it, show? Like a holiday week or something? What are you guys doing? Why are you busy? Come on. <laughs> We're not too busy for Dexter, guys. We're not too busy for Dexter. Don't let me down. Uh, I want to hear what you guys have to think or what you have to think about it. Um, but we did get two voicemails. I love voicemails. Um, so the first one that we have is from Sean. We know Sean's Yay. digging it. So let's see what he thinks about this week's episode. Oh, hello, Strange Indeed. Uh it's me, Sean. I'm back again, episode three, and we are here for ex- episode three of Dexter New Blood, Smoke Signals. Um, uh, I watched this episode on Sunday. It is now Tuesday, so it's been a couple of days, so I kind of had to let this marinate a little bit. Um, I felt like this episode was more of a, you know, hey, let's kind of check out this Harrison kid and kind of get a little bit, you know, more known about him. Um, you know, we see that he's super smart, and we kind of got that in the trailer last time. Um, it was it was really kind of like a, a first act tidying up. Uh, so, like, we figure out that Dexter knows what he's doing, um, which I was kind of thinking, like, well, maybe you should have known that beforehand that, you know, like, there's this big furnace that you could throw the body into that's public access in this place with nobody around. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, but the one thing I really want to talk about is, um, you know, really kind of Harrison you know, himself. So when, when you guys were talking last week, you're, I think it was, it was very much a quick throwaway. I think Rima was the one that said it was like, Oh, I, I don't think that, you know, he's lying to us. Like, I actually think it's Harrison. And you guys didn't really dive into it too much, but I started thinking about it and I'm kind of trying to figure out like, well, is this actually Harrison? You know, um, Dexter doesn't know anything about Hannah. He doesn't know anything really about Harrison. And so there's kind of questions about, you know, it seemed like he really liked looking at those pictures uh, that the one kid was drawing about murdering all the kids at school. Um, it seems like in his drawings, there's some kind of dark, you know, imagery going on there. And so it kind of got my mind thinking of like, okay, well, like who could this person be? And I got a couple theories, a couple ideas, you know, one would be uh, that it was um, maybe somebody from the, like the, you know, somehow tied to the Trinity killer, you know, maybe there's some relation there. Like he figures out like, Oh my gosh, I found out who killed, you know, uncle, dad, somebody and ties it back to Dexter. But then also, you know, like who else would have this, maybe I would say hatred or like exposure to all this dark stuff that Dexter had done kind of and absorbed it kind of secondarily. And what if this is Dexter's stepson? You know, it seems like he might be, he'd probably be a little bit too old for that. Maybe that doesn't work out. And now I'm thinking about it out loud. Um, Cause I think he was probably like when the season ended, like maybe 11 or 12. So he'd probably actually be like in his twenties at this point. So it that, that may not work. So maybe ignore that, but maybe that'd be kind of an interesting idea is like he absorbed all that stuff kind of secondarily. And now he's coming back to get his revenge on Dexter. Um, but even then, like, let's say we ignore that. Like you said, maybe it is Harrison, you know, Harrison was, you know, essentially exactly like Dexter was. He was a baby in his mother's, you know, murder scene in this bloodbath. And that's kind of where Dexter's dark passenger came from. That's where his brother's dark passenger kind of came from. And, you know, it would make sense that that would be, Harrison's dark passenger. And, you know, I kind of wonder if, you know, when you're looking through this, like maybe he discovered some of these things and maybe the new blood in all this 
is the fact that he's tracked Dexter down and has done some things and his potential way of getting rid of his dark passenger, that being Harrison is to kill what he feels created, you know, created that for him. So, you know, I kind of wonder if this is, you know, who's actually being the hunted and who's the hunter type of scenario. Um, but again, I'm excited for episode. I'm really enjoying it. This episode was kind of a little bit slower, so I kind of had to reach for a few, like, what else is out there? So I'm really excited to see kind of what you guys think and your thoughts on it. But um, excited for the show. Thank you guys again, and uh, I'll see you on episode four. Excellent. Right. Thank you, Sean. Good stuff. Very good stuff. Um... Let's see. Our next message is from our good friend, Steve. He had some time to leave us some feedback before the holidays. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, Pagan Remit, Steve, and this is going to be for Dexter uh, New Blood episode three. I love they got Harrison driving the drone. <laughs> that was a creepy way to ask him to join the wrestling team, though, dude. Come on. Harrison is really good at deflecting these questions and coming up with lies. By the way, I refresh my argument that I can't believe he would be out there the whole but maybe he's that kind of guy. Well, this guy looks like a bumbling idiot, but we know, I know because I watched it once already, he's not. This crime scene guy is really actually good at his job. Yes, Dexter, you have gotten rusty. Hey, good call, Pake, about the whole search dogs thing. Didn't you say that last week? Whoa, his hallucination just pulled a gun on him. <laughs> Aren't there still cameras out here? I guess maybe he doesn't think they'll check them after the crime's already been committed. I guess I missed a line somewhere. They all just left his, his house with giving him enough time to do all this? Okay, now what game is this guy playing? with this girl. Oh, so she's not in a hotel or a motel, and now he's going to shoot her? They really are making this look like it's this is Clancy Brown playing this character, but I, I just think that's going to be a misdirect. Oh, so okay, I guess they just, they, they don't stay there all night, they just come back in the morning. <laughs> and now Deb is giving us a little comic relief with the where to find the, hide the body. Well, it turns out Harrison actually is a pretty good kid. He's coming over to set with the lonely kid, telling him about us getting catfished. I don't know how you can distinguish the model of rifle like that. I couldn't see much on that video heat signature thing. Oh, but Harrison's got a bit of a dark side. That's a pretty good throat clench there. I don't know if you had the closed captioning on there with that whole conversation between Harrison and the, the bishop's daughter, but the closed captioning sounded like it was giving like her thoughts or maybe his thoughts, but it didn't identify who it was, and I couldn't hear the actual voice. Oh, a bear. Yeah, might not be the best place to hide uh, the, your bo- this body. Hey, you. That's the same way he used to answer the phone for Rita. Huh? I wonder how this could be true. How could Kurt have seen that? Okay, where was that place that he burned the body? I had no clue where that was. All right, talk to you next week. Love it. Um, Lots of good stuff. Yeah, maybe, maybe the the Clancy Brown misdirect. I just had like a random, more choky thought. But yeah, like, maybe it is Clancy Brown, but it still is a misdirect because it's actually the evil twin brother Bert called. <laughs> oh no! Scooby <laughs> Doo. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I I feel. Look, I like I said, I I don't 
And I'm mad at myself because I can't make a, a fucking decision here. I, I'm like, well, there's an argument for this, but there's an argument against it. And you could say this, but oh, I think this too. Uh, I'm kind of pissed off that I can't just make a freaking decision because I'm questioning everything. Right. And I don't, I don't know where to land on a lot of these things. But I feel like there is a stronger argument this episode. Although, yeah. It could still be maybe a red herring, but I don't know, man. That look, that mm-hmm. the the body, the build, the the eyes, and those hands. And uh, did he? I know he's kind of humming, but he he kind of made he didn't speak when he uh, had the mask on. But man, there was that deep, like mm-hmm. v- like guttural sound that like Clancy Brown has. You know, he's got that very yeah. distinctive voice, and it just sounded like it came straight from him so i don't know i got a strong gut feeling um surprise it's ron perlman um, but yeah i don't know um and it was funny steve talking about the closed captioning i i i do watch my second well sometimes my first watch but always my second watch with closed captioning in case i miss something mm-hmm. there was some really strange and i thought it was me i was like am i seeing things are they what is that because there were words coming up, but neither one of them were speaking. And it was, um, why Why is she staring? Why is he staring? Who's staring? Something like that. Something about staring. And it came up like huh. three times. But then I think I figured it out. There, There's a song playing uh, on the radio. So uh, in between the their dialogue, the there's also the lyrics of the song are popping up as closed mm-hmm. captioning. So after I saw that, I was like, oh, maybe it was the song. And sometimes you don't think about that because the song just becomes part of the background you're not paying attention to that you're just listening to the dialogue of the characters and it was in between while she was talking about you know her dad's guitar and things like that but i i thought that too i was like why are there words on the screen and neither one of them are talking like they're just and it was weird because it's like she looked at him she didn't say anything but she just looked at harrison and it said why why is something about why are you staring and i'm like what what are those is it like a thought bubble (laughs) They're communicating telepathically. Was, oh no! So weird. Oh. So Steve, you're not alone. I also experienced yeah. that. I'm curious if others did too. Um, it was kind of interesting. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys so much for uh, calling in and leaving your feedback on episode three. That was really great. I look forward to seeing what you have to say about next week. And uh, I hope we get some more listener feedback from you guys. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say it's just the holidays. Everyone's busy. Didn't have time. I'm going to give you all a pass. We'll go with that. Going to give you all a pass this week. Um, So next week, uh, we'll be covering um, the fourth episode of Dexter New Blood called H is for Hero. So I I saw the title for next week. And in this episode, the uh, Zach and all of his friends, uh, when when, uh, Harrison walks up and they're like, uh, oh, how'd it go? And he's like, oh, I passed. It was easy. And they said, oh, look at H. He's a genius. Uh, they called him H. Interesting. And then, yeah, this title said H is for hero. So I'm guessing maybe it's going to be like a Harrison-centric? I hope so, because I'm really loving Harrison. Yeah. That'd be great. Yep. Maybe we'll find out a little more about him, or we'll still just be as confused as ever. Uh, I, yeah, I don't... <laughs> and still don't know where he lands. Uh, yeah, that's another that I'm just pissed off. I can't quite make up my mind about Harrison. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to trust and, and which way to go because I feel like we could be right either way, uh, depending on where they decide to take us. 
yeah, but I'm excited. Hopefully, hopefully we get some more. I want to learn more about it. Such a damn mystery, Harrison is. Um, well, we are excited that you followed us to the Kill Room. Uh, we ask that you also follow us on Twitter at Strange Cast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. And you can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. And go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, um, we were talking about it yesterday when we were covering Lock and Key that uh, our good friends uh, Greg, Wendy, and Ben are covering uh, The Wheel of Time over yeah. on House Podcastica. Yeah. Awesome. I watched all three of those episodes that dropped on Amazon and I'm really into yeah. it. And so it's awesome to get to hear them. I'm in currently listening to their coverage of episode two. It came out today. And yes. so, well, today, as of when we're recording this, when right. it goes up, we will see, you know, when you listen to this, uh, it's out. Uh, the first two they've covered and then the third episode's out. And I think they're going to try to cover episodes three and four next week to be caught up because mm-hmm. they dropped the first three all at the same time so now they're playing catch up to start with we've had to do the same we've thing before so i know done similar have. things done it uh we know how podcasting has done it also with handmaid's tale handmaid's tale will most mm-hmm. often on hulu drop the first three episodes and then drop a yeah. weekly episode yep yeah i feel so, yeah, i feel so the pain check it out it's great <laughs> so is it as good as like because i keep reading things like comparing it to like game of thrones and i am of yeah. course a huge game of thrones fan do you feel it's kind of the same it's um similar heavier on the fantasy yeah side of things versus the like political drama okay uh there's a lot more magic and such in that but uh i'm really enjoying it so far i've never read any of the books i don't know anything about it so okay. it's intriguing like I'm curious i don't want to say it's like ya like young adult because it is still got a lot of pretty i mean it's it's not as gratuitous and explicit as game of thrones can mm-hmm. be so far at least but i mean it's got some some kind of gory bloody moments it's been okay pretty intense from here and there but uh the characters are great um yeah i'm interested to see where it goes okay well i'm I, yeah. i've been curious um i figure i would probably check it out anyway just so i can you know yeah. see what you know how um you know greg and wendy and and ben are covering it you know um, yeah. But I was just curious if it's what I'm reading and how it seems to be hyped, if mm-hmm. you kind of felt that too, because we have pretty similar kind of tastes. So. Yeah. It's hard to go off of just three episodes. It I mean, is. You don't have the it budget is. that uh, Game of Thrones had near the end, for sure. Oh, I don't think anyone had so. the budget Game of Thrones had in the day. <sighs> right. Yeah. So I've had to do some of those, like, you know, mm, the CGI is a little rough on some things, and but being able to accept that and move on from it and then just enjoy like the story and right. the characters. Okay. I think they're doing a great job with that stuff for sure. Well, I'll take that. I'll take that. Cool. Thanks. Um, well, and, and of course, speaking of great podcasts, um, be sure to check out Paik and Daphne on their podcast called Run For Your Lives. Now, I know we just talked about it yeah. last night on Lock and Key, but uh, for maybe anyone that wasn't listening or hasn't been listening, and if you haven't, shame on you, um, to Lock and <laughs> Key, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about what you guys are um Uh, covering this week yeah so this week we are on uh friday you'll be able to hear the episode we are covering the 2013 i believe is the year uh home invasion kind of horror movie you're next it's a very unique spin on that Mm -hmm. kind of 
film, that genre, and it's a lot of fun. We had a good time talking about that one. Lots of puns I got to play with in that one. I was real punchy with my notes for some reason. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta. <laughs> I just lots of jokes, but uh, no, it was really good. It was a fun one to talk about. And then this weekend, so I think on Saturday, we're recording. So whatever time you hear this, if it's before then. Um, then definitely hit me and Daphne up at run for your lives podcast at gmail.com or on our Facebook page or something. We're recording a special episode this weekend, just with the holidays and everything. We didn't really have time to watch a movie, get all our notes, do all this, you know, prep. Well, I'm, but we want to put something out. We want to do something, you know, still have an episode that we can record this week. So we decided we do these little look back specials as like season finales. So we are playing with that idea and doing a looking ahead special, a look forward special where we're going to talk about, we're going to bring like a list of movies to each other that we have not covered yet that we'd like to cover and kind of pitch them to each other real quick and just kind of without spoiling stuff. But it's like, here's some movies that we're working on or thinking about that we would like to do in the future. And we would love to have feedback from you guys. So if you're listening and there's movies that you would like for us to cover that you think we should know about or that you would just like that people do know what this movie is and like, why haven't you talked about this movie yet? (laughs) Then hit us up with some feedback and let us know what you'd like for us to, to talk about in the future. And we will definitely read those, play those feedback things. And yeah, let us know. That's excellent. We're going to have fun just talking about stuff that we can cover and talk about. Build us up a little list for, for what movies we can do in the future. Oh, that's great. What a great way to have some audience participation. Um, yeah. And yeah, I don't know why you're busy. It's not like you've got all these, you know, I've got you so busy with know, podcasting right? these you know, two shows and well, two and a half like shows. I'm covering, yeah, covering three, three shows, shows on Strange and every week plus Thanksgiving and work and everything else. I have so much time, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> same, same. Going to be pulling double duty for quite some time here, aren't we? Uh, yeah, that's okay. I love it. I'm, I love the shows we're talking about so much. Oh, yes. So. It's, blast. it's temporary. It's temporary. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's excellent. Yeah. Check them out, guys. Yes. With that, that is our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Pink. And David Fox is strange indeed.